Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. G'day, scholars, and welcome to the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. It's what the nerds are watching. I'm your host, Dom Philp, on the mic. Not too hard, not too soft, but just right. We're coming to you free of charge every single Friday, normally Friday, sometimes other days, on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts from. Best way that you can support is to rate, review, subscribe, you know, the holy tricolon. Make sure you get around us on social media, that's Instagram, at Wrestling Should Be Fun, all one word, or on Twitter, that's capital W-S-B-F-U-N, that's over there on Twitter. Uh, probably getting up towards 100 million thousand followers over there. Ross does a great job, doesn't he? Why don't you show us some support on Instagram, please? All right, lads. Hey, this is episode 17, and this is going to be completely different to any other episode we've done. It's been a funny old week this week. Uh, We had a week off a couple of weeks ago, and then here we go. We had another one of those funny weeks. Uh, Ross seemed to be working. Shaffy, working. Matt Brummett, I think he was away. Big laddie cool. I think he was watching Euros and smoking cigarettes and drinking pints and probably talking about indie rock or something. He was busy as well. So I'll tell you what I've done. It's pretty much just me flying solo in this part of the podcast, but we've got a couple of phone-in segments for what the nerds are watching, and we've also got a special guest for the roundtable. When you're in a crisis, who's the man for the crisis? It's James Charles Harris, JCH. JCH comes on for a two-man booth with me. We don't really talk about any big wrestling topics. We just talk about wrestling. And we talk about James's relationship with wrestling. I really like this uh, podcast just because it was a chance to catch up with my mate. Maybe you'll like it too. I don't know. Let us know if you like this format. Maybe there'll be more long-form interviews in the future. James was kind enough to give us about 20 minutes of his time. So if you like that sort of thing, stick around. Otherwise, you can download this, give us a like, and don't listen. All right. Uh, let's get into Brummett's phone-in session for what the nerds are watching. I've been watching you. A la la. Hello, Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. This is your roaming correspondent, Matt Brummett, uh, sending in some thoughts on both NXT TakeOver in your house and the following uh, weekly episode. Um, I think, firstly, my thoughts on In Your House after watching it was... This could be the worst takeover ever. Um, obviously, that that sounds like a harsh criticism, but as we know, we've you know we've had what thirty five takeovers, thirty of which have been very good, and it's been a few slightly rotten apples in there. But those rotten apples are still solid, juicy pink ladies for me. Um, I think in terms of discussing discussing it as the worst show ever, I mean. It, Essentially, the undercard didn't really do anything for me. There wasn't. There were fine matches, but nothing that really caught my attention. The main event was pretty good. Obviously, had a, was stacked with talent, but because you knew who the winner was going to be, there was never really too much excitement in there. Um, so it's good, but it was it was nothing more than fine. Um, but yeah, in terms of that moniker of the worst takeover ever, I think probably let, let's quickly quickly look at its competitors. I, I mentioned from the outset, I, I see. 30 from 35 is very good. Um, I, th- I think the five that kind of fall into maybe the middling bracket was um, was San Antonio at the time. Got got a little bit of stick compared to other 
takeovers, but I think you know it had AOP versus DIY and and the rude knack match is actually I think better when when you when you watch it after the fact. Um, Takeover Thirty again, another one that that came a little bit of criticism, mainly and well rightfully so because the the Cross Lee match was didn't really work and, and overstayed his welcome, but that had Bala Thatcher opener. Um, on top, which which I absolutely loved. Um, and on top of that, five way ladder match and a decent Io Dakota match, and obviously the hoot that was Cole versus Pat McAvee. So I think we can we can discount that one too. Uh, for the earlier takeovers, I think Unstoppable was was maybe the weakest. That, but again, that had Becky versus Sasha in in kind of that that match. So which I, I just that Becky Sasha match cannot be on on the worst takeover ever, which does bring you down to the two in your houses for me as as the two weakest takeovers, which um very similar in that both had underwhelming undercards with with decent mains, um but again I personally enjoyed Io Charlotte uh, Rhea from last year more than I did did this main so yeah I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with the with a hot take that that this was the worst takeover episode, um, takeover ever. So um, yeah, please, please, please don't at me if you if you disagree. Um, but again, the big talking point coming out of it was was the very end, which showed a frustrated Regal mentioned that he's you know had enough and and in kind of pointing to the fact that he's gonna step down as as NXT GM. Which obviously combined with the rumours about Samoa Joe coming back led to not a particular surprise on on the most recent NXT, which had Samoa Joe rock up and and in, in, instead actually persuade Regal to keep on as GM, but he's in some kind of enforcer role. I'm not sure if he if he's got a specific title yet. Uh, quickly though, I think before before jumping into in, into that top story, I just want to touch on it. I did talk about. In, in in your house being the worst worst card ever or worst takeover card ever i don't think that would have been the case if we got the tornado tag match between uh champ and thatcher versus gyv from this week's nxt which was a fantastic match for brilliant guys doing what they do very well um that that for me blew away anything that was on the on the in your house card so if people haven't watched it go out your way to watch it because that was a, that was a very very fun match but yeah finally i um i won't take up too much of your time but i think we do have to touch on the samoa joe thing i think there'll be a lot of people that watched it and got excited about it i was firmly on the other side of the fence i think it's a unless it ends up with Joe back in the ring in NXT, which my gut is isn't going to happen, and, you know, I'm more than happy to be proved proved wrong, but I think him in this role, and this role alone, is, is a bad, bad thing. And this comes from someone who, like any wrestling fan who isn't completely do lately, absolutely loves Samoa Joe. Incredible in-ring talent, incredible talker, incredible career. But, you know, this week's show shows what, what happens when you have someone like that in this row, in this role? Sorry, carrying Cross, who's supposed to be their big, scary, intimidating champion, kind of shuffled out of the ring like a naughty schoolboy when confronted with Joe. Their kind of probably their biggest star in Adam Cole was just choked out by Joe. So Joe is presented as the top of a food chain that he's not even a part of and it just undermines the other wrestlers. If if a guy's not going to be an in-ring talent, you need to manage him very well and you need to make sure that he's not presented as the biggest star of the show because it does just naturally undermine the rest of the roster um 
the you know and, and obviously there's, there's there's easy comparisons to Austin's run in 2003 there I think I think even the wording that Regal used was exactly the same as Vince's when he said um about he you know he, he basically can't physically interact with anyone unless he's provoked so you know and, and it was the same there Austin was presented as the biggest star but he'd already had his last ever wrestling match so you're in this tough position where you you're selling the crown to someone that you can't pay off in an in-ring match I mean I know they did a, a kind of a, I think a five on five survivor series match didn't they but still it's still not the same and you presenting someone and especially in those situations Austin and, and Joe are great comparisons it's not just that they're best wrestlers, but they're presented as the toughest guys. So, and the problem is when you present a tough guy, you know, you 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 bet you're essentially saying the rest of your roster aren't as tough as this guy who is not an in-ring competitor. So, um, I'll I'll leave my rant there. But I um personally just yeah, I think I think this is just a very bad move, and it just leads to a a dynamic in the roster that doesn't work unless you eventually get. A payoff down the line, and also, if if Joe came back for like a one more match and fought a cross or a um or a call or even something even more exciting like a done, you know, it's not even worth it for me. It, unless he is actually going to be a, a top star and a champion, he should not be presented as you know as an unstoppable guy that no one else can take out because it just fundamentally doesn't work and undermines the rest of the programming. So yeah, I will um see you guys when I'm going to be back in the flesh next week. Enjoy. Cheers, Brummett. Thanks for calling in, mate, from what I can only imagine was some sort of quiet cave where you could only whisper. Um, I'll tell you what, guys, like listening to that, and this was the first time I've listened to it. I'm doing this live straight away. I didn't have to edit that. It went straight through one take. Uh, really good production for Brummett. Sometimes Matt Brummett is annoyingly insightful. Like, I was like really, and he can't reply to this, so I'm just going to put the boots into him, right? Um, sometimes like I'm like just really enjoying some wrestling and then Brummett will point out the flaws in it. Like Samoa Joe on NXT this week, I actually didn't see the whole episode, but I saw the main parts on Instagram and social media and stuff. And like, I was like, Oh yes. Amazing. Joe's back being a badass. That's really cool. I love Samoa Joe. And then like I saw the clip with Karrion Cross pulling like the facial expression when Regal said, unless provoked. And I was like, that's my alarm. I'm going to leave that in. Hey, that's me being reminded that I have to uh, go and try to get some tickets for cricket at Lords at 8am. It's 7.59am now. Uh, but anyway, podcast comes first. So yeah, I saw the uh, facial expressions with um, Karrion Cross, and when Regal goes, oh, the, unless he's provoked. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. First time I've seen Karrion Cross show that sort of emotion and maybe there's a bit of depth to this character. And I thought it was really cool. And then Brummett, just in his completely logical, unwavering, sensible way, ripped it all apart, and I can't argue with him. So I hope that Brummett hasn't ruined your week in wrestling like he's ruined mine, but amazing stuff nonetheless. Thanks for taking the time, Brummett. You know, that's fantastic, and it's great to have you on the show, whether you are in Rotterdam or anywhere, Liverpool or Rome, right? Something like that. How does that go? Amsterdam? No, what is it? This could be... Enfield High or Coleroyte. No, I can't remember how it goes. I probably should cut that bit out, but I won't. Right, let's get to the main event. The whole place is pickled. The people are pickles for sure. And no one knows that they've done more here than they ever would do in a job. This could be Rotterdam 
or anywhere, Liverpool or Rome, cause Rotterdam is anywhere, anywhere alone, anywhere alone. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our main event of the evening. Introducing first and foremost, he was once a heavyweight, but tonight he makes his debut as a cruiserweight. This is JCH, James the Baron of Bounce. G'day lads, wrestling should be fun. I think this is episode 17, which probably means it's going to be the best one ever. Um, big main event this week, uh, Austin and Rock style. And we're a bit different this week. I'm sure that you've already heard it in the intro that I do, the pre-tapes, uh, but it's a two-man booth this week. Um, so we're going to do a little bit of a different main event. The round table is going to be a little bit more of a long-form interview, meet the nerd style. Uh, I want to welcome JCH, James Harris. Thanks for being here, James. Yeah, nice to be here, mate. How you doing? Mate, yeah, I'm pretty good. Pretty good getting on all right. What about yourself? Yeah, I've just uh, yeah entered the world of work now. I've got two jobs, gone from none to two. It's a stark awakening, I'll be honest with you, mate. What? So I, I know you're doing the golf range stuff. The tell, Give it a plug if you want. Do you want to give it a plug? Yeah, Urban Golf, uh, Smithfield. Um, usually find me there Wednesdays, Fridays and Saturdays as a golf advisor. I'll set you up on the simulator. Come play some courses. Pretty much anything bar Augusta, you can you can play team. They won't let anyone have the rights to theirs since that one Tiger Wood game in about 2011. But yeah, yeah. it's good crack down there, some good beers on. They've now got a stout on Dom, so you can come down. Brilliant. Love that. Love that. Exactly what I need on a Friday. Hit a hit the links and a few few dark ones. Love that. And what about your second job? I didn't even know about this. This is just you and I catching up now. Yeah, yeah. I'm working at a um I'm doing some TA work at a um sort of a school for autistic kids in a uh, bow called the phoenix school uh working with some sort of 17 18 year olds uh yeah it's uh, challenging but i was sort of think it must be a lot harder for them not being understood than it is for me not to understand them so yeah i got get through it and try and do what i can i'm not an expert in any means it's quite new but yes yeah, yeah. it's, it's going all right i so i did that at university and it was it's definitely the, my favorite job I ever had. Like I love teaching and now I'm a teacher. Obviously I mention this every week, bingo. Um, but, and I love it. Um, but TAing was my favorite job I ever had. They just don't pay people enough to do it. That's all. And yeah, um, but, but no, no problem for you. I'll Johnny two jobs. Yeah, exactly. So I'm looking forward to the end of the month. I get my first two paychecks in one. So might treat yeah. myself to something, man. New driver, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Outstanding. Um, <laughs> mate, we should talk about some wrestling. Uh, wrestling should be funny. Mate, I guess like, I just thought I'd talk a bit about like your relationship with wrestling because it is a bit of an inter- interesting one. So obviously, I grew up with wrestling. Um, I kind of had older brothers that sort of liked it when I was younger and the local video shop when I was sort of four or five years old. But you, you sort of came to it when you were a teenager, right? Yeah, so I remember like watching it a couple of times. Like my my grandparents had Sky, and you'd see it on. I remember watching um, the uh, whichever WrestleMania had the Iron Man match, and 
I remember sort of the, the backlot brawl and the Ironman match is the pretty much thing I remember seeing from that and my nans. And um, but then I think I like jumped off a chair onto my sister, so I wasn't allowed to watch it. Um, then we got banned, <laughs> all of us. And um, yeah, it wasn't until like 1999 Royal Rumble. Um, lad used to live on the corner, Ryan Alexander. Doubt he's listening. I don't know what he's up to now. But um, last time I saw him was at a professional uh, darts Premier League event when I was back over next to him. But um, that would have been at least eight years ago. And um, yeah, he, he'd take the Royal Rumble. He used to go and hang out, go rollerblading, play football on the corner. He's like, oh, what, I've got the Royal Rumble on tape. Do you want to come around and watch it? I was like, yeah, it sounds great. And then that was 99 with the, the Mankind Rock I Quit match. Um, yeah. Love the rock, hated mankind. I was like, who's this lump of shit? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, loved X Pac. Uh, he was in like a European title match against Gangrel, I believe. Yeah. So I don't want to give away too much because Ross hasn't done my 99 pay per view uh, shock mastermind questions yet. So I don't want to give away too much in case he, he takes some questions out there. Uh... <laughs> 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 Mate, yeah, he's just love, love of it. It was like Austin McMahon and then. Yeah, we had a, a few, there was like four of us in school. We used to pay like three pound each for the pay-per-views. Well, they were the British ones, weren't they? They, they? they were on normal TV. They were free at that point. But yeah, I one think had Sky. I was, take I, Raw every week. I wasn't here, but I think it was the year after that that they were free, right? 2000, I think they were free. Yeah, no, yeah, they were free on Terrestrial. They were free on Sky. And my mate, I never mate had Sky. And we used to go around on a Saturday. He'd take Raw, which would air on a Friday night. And yeah, we watched Raw, watch the pay-per-views and play a Subutio League. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you had Subutio in Australia, but no, I don't. I, I don't know what that is. Is that um? Oh, is that like like football, but with your fingers or something? Pretty much, yeah. It's like a yeah, yeah. All the players had these little like they're almost like weeble like bases, and you'd flick them at a massive ball. I, yeah, it's great. But, uh, yeah, I don't know how I know. Like we didn't have that, but I know <laughs> for some like it must have been on a podcast I was listening to or something. Maybe it was on like tail enders or something. They were talking about it. Um, yeah, that sounds yeah. yeah. Uh, other other podcasts are available, uh, <laughs> dear listener. Um, hey, mate, that's that's excellent stuff. You, you haven't mentioned Billy Gunn. I thought Billy Gunn was the guy that stood out. Yeah, because he wrestled Shamrock in um, that thing, and, he, and like he did his ankle in. Well, like Shamrock's kayfabe. I, I don't know. Do people believe it here still? Um, yeah. <laughs> mate, this is not this is not a kayfabe pod, podcast. I know. Thanks, I listen, but, mate, I listen. No, no. Thanks, thanks for your support. You really. <laughs> um, but then, um, yeah, it was then. Yeah, but he came out in the rumble with like with one shoe, and he's like hobbling down to the ring. I was like, yeah, he was he was good. I got into him a bit more over the year. I'm not sure. Yeah, right from the start, the Rock was definitely the one straight away. Was just like they did that. That um, promo, actually, I was like, and you'll appreciate this as an English teacher. Um, in my English Lit A-level, I used, to give an example of some spoken words, and I used the uh, promo package for the Rock Mankind 99 Royal Rumble as, yeah. uh, as my example, which, uh, which, is, which was um, that, it's pretty cool. The Rock just stood out as like a, I know he was meant to be a heel, well, he was a heel, yeah. but I was like, that guy's cool. He was the yeah. first cool heel. And that was like 99 was when The Rock was wearing like that Adidas, like the clip-ups and stuff. Yeah, and he like, had, he, had, he, had, he had the two-stripe Adidas tracksuit bombs, which I went and bought from like a, for like eight pound from like a shitty sports knockoff shop in Exeter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um, 
So, I, like now, like everyone, I think it's pretty widely known. The reason that he used to wear that was because he had like um, like pec implants or he had some sort yeah, of pec reduction yeah. surgery, um, something anyway. Uh, but I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. Like I, I was like, oh, this is special rock. This is like angry street fight rock, and I just thought it was yeah, the coolest definitely. thing ever. Like, and then I remember when he started wearing like the tights again. I would like my mates, like my mate Steve Galloway and I, like we were really upset. Like, yeah, yeah the rock was like, shiny, sort of like shiny wetsuit, almost like Mac Mac Black tank, yeah. like or like t-shirt with yeah with, with the trackies. <laughs> yeah, and that, those mate, those clip ups were all the rage at the time. Like, yeah, I I don't know if you can still get clip up trousers. They're like almost like male stripper fucking things. Yeah. <laughs> They they were so good, mate. I love The Rock as well. Like The Rock was my favorite wrestler then as well, probably. Um, but I, I was really into WCW, so I love I love me some Kevin Nash as well. But yeah, mate, that's that's outstanding. Like I was gonna say, like you mentioned about how you use wrestling in like your school like project in A A level. Like I remember I did a whole university. Oh, I did a couple of university assignments about wrestling. One was actually about wrestling because we got to do like a research project into whatever we want for like my. Uh, exactly like for like what's called your honors i don't know if you do that in the uk i had to do it anyway so that, that's this is boring now but i also did one about like um straight edge kids because we had to fill up my teaching course we had to do like something about a subculture so i did straight edge even though oh, i was yeah, yeah. an al alcoholic piss wreck um just because cm punk and i wanted to use the promo from wrestle but i guess my question is i've given you time to think about it like is that the only time you remember using wrestling in like you know, academia or no, like no, the real world. Right. Yeah, mate, when have, when have you used it? Yeah. So in, in, I remember earlier in my RE GCSE, there was like, can you give an example of evil? And like, we, we all kept out, they were best mate Kev, we both came out and go, yeah, just wrote kind type. <laughs> <laughs> he went a bit further and made, and made up some like bullshit of like what the, <laughs> what kind of was. I've like, just written kind type. I like, he <laughs> What? And he also, Kev, I want to give him a shout out because he also did in the, um, in our A-level, I think, or even GCSE or A-level, where we did a fellow, he wrote, um, Yago was the penis in a fellow's anus. <laughs> <laughs> that is outstanding. I, um, I think I used it in RE at school as well. You just reminded me. I showed, a I showed the clip of Shane McMahon jumping off the Titantron in like an oral speech in RE, but he, he like gives himself the crucifix before he does it. And <laughs> I, I, I made up some shit about like, it was about putting your faith in God or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, I, went to, I went to Catholic school, so it was a bit, it was probably a bit more hardcore. Um, mate, that, I, I bet that every, like obviously the 12 people that listen to this, I bet everyone has used wrestling <laughs> in school or uni. That's, yeah, that's a good question. We should start asking that every week on the pod. Um, send in, send us a message on Instagram if that's you. Um, so like, what is it, you know, so you start watching wrestling when you're like, you know, that age uh, in 99. But w w can you ever like put your finger on what it is about wrestling in general that you liked? Because I, I think about it a lot. I'm like, why do I like this shit? But I, yeah. I just do. It's, it's a good question, and and I, cause I remember like when I used to watch it at my nan's, and like once I was well into it, and when we were at theirs, I didn't have to wait to get to my mate's video. We could watch it at their house, and my granddad would always come in like, "Oh, too much bloody talking when they're going out there fighting." And I, <laughs> and I was like, "But they're talking, so like, it, yeah, the talking segments would set it up, and 
it's the ca- the characters and you it's same for sports for me like i can't sit here and watch man united play aston villa i wouldn't give a shit like i tried watching man united now five minutes in i'll turn them off they're dull but like, i can watch yeah. kevin de bruyne play all day because he's an artist but like if you put me on extra city versus walsall i'll sit here and watch it for 90 minutes because i care and I think that's yeah. the way that wrestling, especially back then, well, I'm not going to say especially back then, because I cared about people all the way through. And same as when we started going, I met you guys starting going to shows and you got invested in the characters. I watched a shit match, but if I cared about it and I cared about it, I wanted someone to win, then I would watch the match. And that's why, you know, a good storyline and a good sort of promo segment to get you hyped up and just put you in the mood for who you want to win will make me want to watch the match. And it makes it, I think, I say we. I mean, we, when I was on last time, I talked about CM Punk. So we're going to be in great detail, but he, yeah, he he used to come out with like an an AFI hoodie on, or no, he came to AFI or with like a Bouncing Souls hoodie on or something. And I was like, well, I like these bands, so I've sort of you know, you sort of resonate with that. I didn't resonate with the Straight Edge, despite the photos of me out on the piss throwing up the X's. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just that sort of getting that. Oh, I want this guy to kick that guy's ass and. You know, at the start, even when I was 14, it still blurred lines, definitely. I wasn't like fully, you know, this is all fake, I'll be honest. And it wasn't until you got a little bit, a little bit older, you sort of figure it out. But it's just that, yeah, I want him to kick his ass. And it's like, I would say like people who like MMA, which which I understand, I've seen some good MMA fights. But like, the worst wrestling match is better than like almost like the, the very, unless to the top five like MMA matches, because they actually unless they're really shit at wrestling, they're actually ma- they're, they're making something happen and stuff. Uh, that's why I always love stuff like Bloodsport when I managed to get to that. And it's just the, you know, it's going to be a, there's going to be action. You don't have to watch two guys hug for 25 minutes unless, I don't know, I can't think of someone's shit off the top of my head. But, <laughs> I, but. I know, I know exactly what you mean. I, I sort of, um, and I, I feel the same, like, but my, my big example is boxing. So, like, yeah, to wind people up, because I'm not into boxing at all, but I always say to people, like, boxing is wrestling. People just don't know it is. Like, it's the same thing. Like, obviously, I'm not saying that boxing's rigged or anything. It might be, though. But, yeah. um, like, if I, look at, if I look at these Paul brothers, mate, it's fucking wrestling. Like, the most interesting, like, because like, I, I would go, I would watch Floyd Mayweather versus, but I didn't but I would because it had a story and I actually kind of wanted Mayweather to knock his teeth out because he's just a bad guy wrestler, you know? And it's the same with McGregor. People love McGregor. It's not because he can do the best arm bar. I, like, and people might pretend that that's why, but it's not. It's because he's the best talker. Like, yeah, and that's why, yeah. Right. It's all and, about sales. Like he's, he's not the best. Yeah, he, he, he's, well, he's lost like I don't know, two or three of his last... Well, I can't, yeah, whatever. But if he had a fight tomorrow, he'd still smash the buy rate record because he'd sell the fight. And and it's interesting, like, MMA is kind of, it's, I think, and boxing and MMA, they've done what wrestling did, like, in the Attitude Era, and they're pushing the heels. Like, so, like, you look at, like, Mayweather, McGregor, like, these guys are the bad guys, but they're the most popular. Like, McGregor is a heel character. The character that he plays on TV, from what I've seen, the limited amount, he's the bad guy. But people fucking love him because of it. It's, uh, it's almost more like what you said about Rock. And I mean, I you know, I I find I think McGregor's really entertaining. I'd love to see him turn up in the WWE one day. But I, I just like it's almost like I wonder if I now I'm just thinking about wrestling like psychology and how to fix it. But I wonder if there's something to be said for that. Like 
in WWE. Maybe, well, maybe they have with Roman. Like, Roman is meant to be the bad guy, but he's probably their most popular character at the moment. Maybe it's coming around again. Maybe they need bad guys as the as the main guys. I don't know. Um, mate, you spoke about live wrestling. When did you start? When do you have? Did you go as like a kid? Did you ever have like you know your your family ever take you or anything? Or was it only when you're an adult with us piss rex? Well, so I got like my dad took us to um, like where we used to go on holidays, just campsite in Wales, a like caravan park called Port Cool. And uh, we went there, and I try to think who was on it that I remember was a uh, Klondike Kate was definitely on it. There was yeah. a, a scrawny wrestler called Ivor Biggin <laughs> from Cockermouth. <laughs> so I think he, but I saw him wrestle like three times, and he was always from like the Nate, like the, the rival town. So he was just like his little scrawny heel, looked a bit yeah. like a ginger Connor Mills, um, but probably not. <laughs> And then, and then, so give us, give it, give us an, give us an example of like, so if, if you were in this town, he was from that town. Like, what would be the rival town? When we went to watch him in Exeter, he was from Plymouth. Yeah, <laughs> that mate. I say we went Love to watch that. him. He happened to be on the card in Exeter, but um, yeah. So when we went to Port Court, they're like, oh, the winner of this match gets to fight um, Jake the Snake Roberts. He was like someone like I had an action figure as a kid, even before I really watched it. So I, I always liked him. So. Obviously, we'd gone home from Porth Call, but we saw they were. I was about 18, 17, 18 at this point. And they, um, no, yeah, probably was. And they were advertising for Jake the St. Roberts in Exeter. So it was always on the same tour. So me and my mate Dan went to see it. And um, I've got a photo with him. He's like a Polaroid. Still got it's literally up on my uh, <laughs> on my bureau behind me. You can't, I think you can't see it. But yeah, it's that, see that little Polaroid there? Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't quite person. see it, but I yeah, I'll take your word for it. I can just pick it up, but it's not gonna make us difference to the listener, is it? It's, but, mate, but, yeah, it's, an audio, it's an audio medium. Yeah, and he's wearing a t-shirt saying like, "Don't piss me off. I'm running out of places to hide the bodies." And um, <laughs> five quid for a Polaroid, it's uh, pretty cool. Then we and then we started going to a couple of these shows in uh, Exeter, and one of them um, there was this lad from our school, like quite a. Um, not like a big guy. He was called Pete Hartnell, quite like a scrawny, skinny guy. He was um, he was wrestling in it. And so we went and just, we were going to go. We went to watch, I think, Hoovy Guerrero might be on the show. But um, this lad, he was in the Royal Rumble, the Battle Royal at the end, and he got destroyed, literally. They stripped his vest off. He was wearing sort of like short New Balance shorts, and they were literally bouncing up and down in like a wedgie by his shorts. Like, this is the stuff that, like, people are probably like, why wrestling's bad like the hey yeah they chopped him so much they made him bleed and his mum was in the front row crying oh <laughs> mate that's awful poor bastard like at the time we thought it was hilarious as like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah like, looking back at it i feel i feel a bit bad now but i've never thought about it in years but uh yeah the poor lad but um yeah fair play for him having a crack though so if, uh, um yeah so then yeah and that, that and that and and that guy is now Brian Cage. So you know it all <laughs> it all comes around in the end. Yeah. Um, but after that, like I went to uni and didn't have Sky, didn't really watch it. it was like sort of following along a little bit on the internet, like Rajar.com for a. Uh, <laughs> oh <laughs> mate, shout out to Rajar.com. Well, when I when I did it. They banned WWF.com in our school, so we had to get around it by looking at the results on <laughs> news on Raja.com in IT lessons. But <laughs> I'm, I'm OG Raja. I remember when it was called RajaWrestling.com. 
And then he just I then he just I get I assume it's a guy called Raja, but then yeah. then he dropped the wrestling or it, maybe it was it might have been Raja WWF actually. It was Raja yeah, and then WWF. he dropped the WWF and he just Raja.com. Raja WWF, remember? You know I um I I reckon I actually got a few articles published on that website. Nice. Just like you know, like house show reports from Australia and opinion pieces on that were rough. I, I mean, I'm so glad I haven't got them to be embarrassed by. I'm sure they were horrendous. But yeah, yeah, I definitely got a few articles published on that. And NoDQ.com as well. I was, I was, an, I was a columnist on there for a little while too, actually. Publish yeah, cool. I won a competition. Uh, yeah. yeah, mate. Yeah, big time. Big time. Um, so then what about like meeting, what about meeting us guys and stuff? Yeah. Well, I'm just going to say like the reason I got back into it properly is because they said The Rock was coming back for WrestleMania. And I was like, oh, sit. And I looked at tickets, they were $25. So I just bought two tickets to Miami. I was like, worst case scenario, I'll go to Miami for a week. And um, yeah, and my mate Tim ended up coming. And uh, yeah, then what? I went, I think, what, like 10 on the Wait, spin. So you're, so you're, I didn't, mate, I've known it. I know most of the story. I didn't know this. So, the, so your first show back was, the WrestleMania with The Rock versus Cena. Yeah. Mate, I didn't know that. That's ridiculous. So you're like, oh, I might get back into wrestling. Oh, yeah, I'll just fly to Miami. Pretty much. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's that's absolute scenes. Mate, that's so good. I love that. And obviously, like, you've got the Miami connection, right? Because you follow the Dolphins closely. The Dolphins. And... Yeah, it's cool. Like, me and Tim, we just bought, like, a crate of beer, sat in the parking lot watching it. We had... <laughs> well, not watching it, sorry. Sat in the park, parking lot tailgating just with a crate. And then, yeah, we weren't going to drink inside, but once we got in, it was like, yeah, you you been to show yeah. with me. Yeah, it works. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you, yeah, you've, I, been, you've been to show, you've been shows with, with me. Just having a quiet one tonight, lads. 3 a.m., I'm in fucking... What's, what's, some, what's Simmons with fucking TK Cooper and Chuck Mambo? Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> well, I think that's how we met at a show because <laughs> I, so I first went, like, obviously, I like, um, mate Ref Pro Rob. Me and him went to Angle Saber, was the first British show I went to. Uh, yep. which was cool. Yeah, I, I was I was that. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then there was obviously, like, that was the first time I've seen guys like Osprey and um, or maybe I saw Osprey at one of the Evolve shows, but um, I can't remember which Girl. Came first, but... Yeah, Skrull. Yeah, Skrull's the one I remember coming out at um, the show in Evolve and be like, wow, this guy's got, he's got character. But yeah, so I, was, I found out about Progress and started like knocking around, like got the, I uh, went to Brixton on my own because um, I got a ticket for that. And then the first ticket I got to show was unboxing that year. I'd been to like a family meal and like, I think I left my wallet in the car or something, but I had my a car, anyway, that's irrelevant. But I got a train back from like Worcester from like a family Christmas meal so I came in midway through the opening match and just sort of stood at the back near the bar. And then uh, I think I had a, must have had some sort of American sport. Jay, I want to say it was a Blue Jays hat on because you came over. It was, yeah, in, definitely in, Blue Jays. Yeah. Like, talked to me about the Blue Jays, uh, bought me a beer. And I was like, this guy seems all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, the rest is history. I think I remember after that, I went to the Freedom's Road tapings. I was like, oh, you this guy a beer. So, uh, so I think we did a couple of beers that day. But you were one up, and I don't like to leave leave myself indebted to a beer. So oh, like, yeah, yeah. Next, next time, and it was like the uh, Matt Riddle Freedom's Road shows. I think it was um, when when we first came, like stood with you and met Ross and uh, 
And um, yeah, those. Those Freedom Road shows, those dome shows were better to sort of get to know each other too. You had more chance to talk there. It wasn't quite as intense, wasn't as loud. Like there was, and there was more stuff just to like poke, you know, make fun of as well, you know. A big team even handprint on someone's chest. <laughs> and Osprey, do you remember Osprey watching in the corner and he fell over laughing? Yeah, he's actually pissing himself. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, yeah. So that must have been. Was that um, the OJMO's debut as well then? I think the OJMO debuted on the second lot. I don't think he was on that run, the Riddle one. Yeah. But. Wow. That's crazy. Mate, we could we, like we could then go and talk about our wrestling should be fun days forever. I know you're on a time frame here and you've, you've been generous with your time when I'm in a bit of a jam here. Um, but I wanted to ask you, like, obviously we spoke the other week when you were on our round table about, you know, you've sort of fallen out of love with wrestling a bit. Um, like, mate, like, what do you, is there anything you think now, like thinking about these positive memories and stuff, is there anything you think that will happen that could bring you back? Um, well, I think, like, you made a good point to say, you know, if you come back to the ballroom or whatever or a show, you'll, you'll like, you'll enjoy it again. And I'm not saying that's not the case. I don't I wouldn't say that's not, it wouldn't be the case. So I definitely have a good time with you guys. It's whether like I feel like comfortable, and I don't like to say this because, especially on this podcast, because it's obviously my personal opinion. It's like, do if I am I being hypocritical if I even go to a show? It's, do you know what I mean? I mean, and I, yeah, I say, yeah, yeah. I don't like because I think it's because I don't fact I watch the NFL. I love it, and there's plenty of people in there who are just as bad, if not worse. And you know, you, and I've sort of managed to make a conscious decision, like you know, you sort of decide I'm still going to follow it, which is exactly what everyone else does with wrestling. So I don't have a problem with it. It's just the fact that like, it was all these guys that, and I'm not going to pretend we're mates, but like people you'd met and like, you, you know, you, you know, no. most probably just wanted to get a free beer, but whatever. I know, yeah. I know like, you're close to some of them and you still talk to them. So, but for me, and then I, they were, and like to be fair, most of those ones, they're not the ones who are the pro- like, problem. I, yeah, to be to to be to be to be clear, I I'm not in contact with anyone that was named. Yeah, but, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what I was saying there. But um, yeah, it's just that sort of you just sort of felt of that sort of feel of betrayal and and which I you shouldn't feel because you know you shouldn't put people on a pedestal and and yeah and the fact that it's been away for so long and you sort of learn to live without it. I mean, I dare say if I do if you if I do go to a show which I. There's definitely, I mean, I'll probably want to come and have a beer with you boys and we'll probably will end up going to a show and then we'll see whether I just stand at the bar or, or whether, but by then I've sort of already given them my money. So that's sort of not really speaking the way you've got to speak in this day and age. So, um, yeah, I literally don't know. I mean, okay, I've, I've tried watching a little bit of stuff on TV recently just to sort of dip my foot in. Um, hasn't really grabbed me, but I, that wasn't, TV wasn't really grabbing me before because... Oh. I say we're spoiled by going to so many yeah. live shows. There was at least one. You know, I could go to at least one live show a week with all the different promotions in in London. That's without even traveling. So like, I, like TV yeah. wrestling had sort of lost me a bit anyway. When, when the, even when I still love the live shows. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I literally don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's a good question, and it's and so I, and it's well, not a great answer, but I don't really have one if I'm honest. No, mate, it's an honor. It's a, mate, it's an honest answer. 
and it's and it's absolutely fine. I, I asked because I was interested. That's all. Yeah. Like, it's not, you know, this it, this isn't bold and the beautiful. We don't need to leave it on a cliffhanger or anything. I just, you know, I just it's just nice to talk talk to your mates and and learn stuff you didn't know, which I I certainly have. I'm sure the listeners have. Mate, I know you've got to run, so I'll, I'll let you go. But I'll just thank you so much for your time again, Harris. No, no and, worries, um, mate. If you ever want to go get, uh, come on and do some like deep dive memories of some of the times, if we can remember anything, uh, I'd definitely well, be mate, to come on. And, and 100%. Then. 100%. We'll do it again. All right, mate. There we have it, scholars. James Charles Harris. Thanks so much, James, for coming on. Really, really appreciate it. Geez, I enjoyed that. It was just great to do some long-form uh, sort of conversations again, which is, you know, sort of how I started myself in the podcast game. And it was just great to get back into that. Thanks so much, James. Thank you to Matt Bromett for phoning in. And thank you most of all to you, dear listener. We'll be back next week, hopefully with a proper roundtable and all your favourites, including, but not limited to, Booker Bingo. Go hit us up on the socials. Give us a rate. Give us a review. Give us a subscribe. Until then, though, drink lots of water. Look after your mates.
Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. 